Thanks, Devo. Thank you, Nats. I'm on. Good. I won't punch you. That's not right at church or anywhere. Did you hear you said it's not right at church? <laughs> and then anywhere after that. Um, oh, guys, the stories about Wangu and that is just so incredible. And today as I, I unwrap or we unwrap generosity and generous giving uh, and this, um, this concept of bringing people up for testimony, it's probably best if I just get Carl and Rob to come and share on our behalf. You can? <laughs> I would love to do that at one stage, though. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, cool, guys. So it's great, so great to be with you this morning. Um, I think it is really uh, interesting, and God has such a sense of humor in putting us in positions of um, stepping on in faith. Um, my wife and I, Jess, lived in Brazil for five years, for one year, five years ago. Um, and there's an incredible phrase in Portuguese. We got the opportunity to learn, learn the phrase, uh, to learn some of the, the um, language, and it's called Maudavaka. And um, it's, it's just such an interesting phrase. Portuguese, like Afrikaans, speaks in pictures often. And so this phrase is Maudavaka, Mao meaning hand, and um, vaka meaning cow. So it basically means hand of a cow. And uh, the, the, the context is that people that are too stingy to get their hands in their pocket to pull out their wallet. Uh, T-Rex arms, and so in the context of generous giving, it's so interesting that um, I was often called Maravaka over there, that I'm actually, I actually have the opportunity to share with you today. So have you ever looked at your life and wondered, how on earth am I supposed to make ends meet this month? I mean, there's kids' bills, there's, there's this bond to pay off, or depending on where in your life stage you are, there's trying to buy a house, there's potentially the neighbor next door that has just bought a new car, and you consider to yourself, what economic rules is this person living out? Because it's certainly not in the same, uh, same world as I'm living in. There's so much pressure these days that we find ourselves under. Um, there's hyperinflation, and I know for many of us in this community, this year has been one of the toughest years ever, where there's just a realization that life is hard. There's Economically, it's tough, and we're really struggling to make ends meet. And speaking about the concept or the topic of generosity sometimes brings up something inside of us that we just don't connect with. Potentially, some of you in the community or in church today are thinking, generosity is something I'll get to when there's surplus, when there's excess. But right now, I'm just thinking about how to survive this month, let alone give some of it away. And so it's into that context that I really am so excited to unpack this topic today. Perhaps there's also some of you that have been on the other end of it. You've been on the other end of receipt of a gracious gift, and you've just been blown away by this, by, by this giving of something from someone that you really, really didn't expect it. Um, for me, in unpacking this concept, I really found something really helpful, and that was to transplant it up into two things. And the first is, what is the heart behind generosity? In other words, what gives birth to generous giving? And the other side of it is, what is the fruit of generosity? So what does it give birth to? What is the heart, and what is the fruit? And I hope that by the end of today, we'll, with, with the help of, of Davy, we'll be able to unpack that in such a way that you guys understand and hopefully are able to apply it a little bit more with the Holy Spirit's help. So I'm going to quickly dive into a key text. We've got a lot to go through, so I'm going to go through it quickly. Please hang on. Um, 
I would say ask questions when you can, but afterwards you, you're welcome to. So the text is from 2 Corinthians um, uh, chapter 8, verses 1 to 9. I'm going to go through it quickly, and it should be behind me on the screen. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urged they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our, our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of the Lord also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made, made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. So what's Paul doing? Paul's writing to, these, um, to the church in Corinth, Corinth in Greece about churches in Macedonia. The churches he's referring to are three specific churches. It's Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. Two of them uh, already have letters written to them, but this is one of the, the only spaces that the Bereans are specifically mentioned and um, mentioned so amazingly about their generosity. So I'm going to run through five key points or five key extracts from this passage. Um, and again, I hope you can hang on to them as I go. So the first point is they are poor but still joyful. So not only are they poor, the reference is that they were extremely poor. And I think for us it's quite difficult to sometimes understand how wealth and joyfulness or wealth and giving are actually not mutually exclusive. I think some of us would prefer to be rich and happy rather than poor and happy. But I think the amazing thing in this is that there's a freedom in the opportunity to be giving. Um, how many of you have heard stories about people that are incredibly wealthy but incredibly miserly and incredibly sad? Or even scarier, for, us, for those of us in this community that I think should realize that we are a community of abundance, in the context of the, the bigger picture, how clearly does our perspective shift when we walk into a home or into a community where people with less are way more joyful and way more giving than, than we are ourselves? Maybe the question that we should try and remind ourselves is, what attribute you, in your life would you prefer to be known for? Wealth or joyfulness? The second point is joy results in thinking about others, not yourself. And for me, this is probably the key thing that, key takeaway um, for this whole um, sermon today. True joy recognizes God as the source and, as, and us as the underserving beneficiary. The Christian Bible calls this joy abundant joy, and it's based on a radical grace, 
a grace that understands that we are completely undeserving of a sacrifice that Jesus made. Jesus made, ourselves, made, him, made himself absolutely nothing. The Almighty taking on the nature of a servant and humbling himself to death on a cross so that we may live this, this life of joyfulness and abundance. So recognizing this radical gift wells up in pure joy, which turns into this abundant giving. The third point is, um, is that generosity is not necessarily recklessness. So it's key in this, cont- in this passage for me is that they'd actually plan to give. I think often we walk into spaces where we call to give right then instantaneously, uh, and we feel that that's the right thing. But giving can also be something that's planned and that's, um, that plays itself out over a long period. The fourth point is that all giving must be free with no strings attached. I think some of us have, may have experienced this where we've been on the receiving end who have given something, um, but we've given it in such a way that we expect or we, we are expected to give something back. There's a string attached, and the strings could be um, identity-based. It could be that I'm going to get something in return. It's the, the, motive or the, the motive isn't necessarily a giving one. It's a selfish one. Um, so what Paul was trying to do in this context is he was writing to the church. He was talking about um, the, the Macedonian church, but he wasn't trying to instill this um, competition. He wasn't trying to say, guys, look there, do what they do, and, and try and bring about this guilt. He was trying to get around the heart. The heart of it was a free, no-strings-attached giving. And finally, they saw God being involved in um, generosity to churches. So um, this text saw that God, um, God's generosity towards other churches is meant to be a privilege. So it's a privilege to give. It's a privilege to have the opportunity to share. Um, so how do we kind of be this church? How do we as a community be a church that's known for our generosity? And when thinking about this, uh, in order for a church to be giving, individuals have to be giving, have to be generous. Because as Christians, we understand that the church isn't about the body, that the the church is about the individuals that fill the body. And so today, I've taken a bit of time, but hopefully we've set you up. I really want to encourage Dave to come up and join me. I'm so excited for this because when unpacking what it means for an individual to be joyful and joyfully giving, I think Dave is someone that really, really epitomizes it. He's given away all his hair even to be here. <laughs> so, Davey, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Dave, for those of you who don't know, um, is very involved in our um, Kloof site up the hill. He's been an oversight elder at Olive Tree Church for, for years and years until hanging up his boots a little bit earlier. But, Dave, it's such a privilege, and I'm really excited to have you share your heart for this, for this incredible message for us. So, Thanks, Steve. Yeah, Nat said I'm generosity filled of skin, skin filled with generosity, and I've got lots of skin. It goes all the way up to the back. <laughs> so thanks, Nat. Yeah, and thanks, Steve. It's so awesome to be here. Um, driving down the Sam, we went through the mist in um, Schlanger, and uh, we thought we were back up in Kloof. So uh, thanks for welcoming us like that. <laughs> I don't think it's common down here, but up there it is, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, Dave's, Dave's life, and it's something that I've seen over the years, has been an outworking of this generosity, and that's especially why we wanted him to share. So I trust that this is a time where you guys get some great insight. 
Davey, over your, your life, you've, um, as far as I've seen and I've heard, they've been, I know you've been an incredibly giver, but in some contexts and in some instances, that giving hasn't necessarily turned out to be the best. Can you unpack that or tell us a little bit about where giving generosity hasn't turned out that well? Um, yeah, Steve. So fortunately, not too many times like that, or certainly any that, many that I can remember. Um, but there are a few. And uh, I just remember once uh, I, was, I was caretaking one of the businesses that I was a shareholder for a while, and this attorney kept phoning in and begging one of the staff for, for money that she owed. And um, I eventually found out that it was for sort of some fees to um, on a custody battle. She had a custody battle with her ex-husband, and uh, the fees were for that, and she still owed the attorney firm. Um, so that kind of softened my heart a bit, and I found out, I tried to be cunning with it, I found out that she was a smoker, um, and I've got a little bit, little bit of a sort of anti-smoking vibe happening at the moment. <laughs> I think it's probably one of the silliest things we can do, um, <laughs> that and binge-watching the Kardashians. Um, so now that I've, I've sort of uh, insulted your whole congregation here, I'm going to carry on that. Um, but I said to her, okay, cool, I'll settle this debt, which was quite a bit, and if you give up smoking. I thought that was quite clever. And, uh, yeah, I settled it over three months, and three months later she was still not smoking. And so we all celebrated and high-fived, and then uh, as soon as I paid the last installment up... Off, uh, the packet of cigarettes came out again and <laughs> she started puffing away. Um, and also a little while ago, uh, there's a young guy at Florida Road, at a site in Florida Road, and uh, got to know him and he sort of had the sob story about he couldn't, didn't have enough living expenses, so I helped him for quite a long time and then found out that, you know, a dozen other people were doing the same. So he had quite a good business model going, you know, he was making more than the rest of us, yeah. Um, and then I even funded his trip, uh, his family trip down to the Eastern Cape and then found out it was his uh, fleet. He was fleeing from, he had been found out and he was <laughs> fleeing. So, um, yeah, there's been some stories like that. But, uh, you know, Steve, even with that, um, you know, even if the fruit or the result of the giving isn't as you expect, um, it's still, you know, there's fruit inside because it, it just releases the money, the hold that money can have on you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just puts it in its rightful place and, you know, so you don't take yourself too seriously there. Absolutely. And I think what, it, what you're saying and what I'm hearing you saying is that it's really not about how it works itself out. It's about the heart behind it. And so the main point isn't on the focus of what comes out, it's what is the joyfulness, what is the thing that's brewing inside of it that mm. results in this giving. So maybe if you can share what your journey with giving has actually done inside of you. Yeah, and you're right, Steve. I think, if, if, look, we are called to steward well, so I'm not just saying just throw money at everything, you know. So you do kind of learn and mature in, in this. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, I've had some good stories, before, and, it, and it's there's an outward fruit and there's obviously inward fruit which you're re referencing um, the, the outward fruit's amazing when it happens I, a little while ago I was at again in Florida Road after service and a lady came up to me and said oh thank you so much for you know her, her, her daughter's now healed from depression and um, I was I'd kind of forgotten everything I was just about to say awesome I got to pray for her and everything unfortunately she said to me well she'd been to see the consultant that we paid for and uh, she's now healed and I would have looked so silly saying oh well, it was awesome to pray for her you know I'd never <laughs> met her you know um, anyway she yeah there's a, someone in uh, Cape Town that we knew about she, her husband actually uh, what do you call it delivered our daughter Britt who's sitting here and uh, she's now a consultant that specializes in depression and I, we had paid for her daughter because she couldn't afford to and she was now healed 
uh, from that, you know. So I think God's given me just a good enough mem- uh, memory to um, not embarrass myself, but bad enough so I don't get proud when I <laughs> think of all the things I think I've done. Um, and then I've got another amazing story. That's, it's been a long-time story. Um, I got to know a guy called Spool Wonder uh, at a golf day, actually, at, at Mount Edgecombe eight, nine years ago. And I just decided to invest in this guy and just be generous with him, you know, both the time and money. Um, over the last eight years, and, and yeah, we've grown a great relationship. He's now from a business of three or four people. He's got now four businesses, um, employing over sixty people. Um, just yeah, so just sewing into him, we've actually just started a training college together for the first time. We're investing in a business together. It's a training academy for artisans. We've realised that you know artisans isn't a sexy thing to do. You know everyone wants a degree, um, and realising that a degree is not necessarily a, a, a you know. A, paper to get employed, or a ticket, a key to get employed. So we've started this Artisan Academy up in Hillcrest. Uh, we're going to employ, sorry, train artisans. We're going to start with welding, electrical, uh, some motor mechanical and auto electrician stuff. So, yeah, I think that's exciting. So, and that's that's just two of the things. And then what, what that's done ins- inside me, Steve, it's just, yeah, it's released, you know, that that power that money can have on you, or that pull. Um, you know, it really right-sizes money. Money is a great resource. I mean, it really is. It's very helpful. But it's just a tool, you know. Um, and it can easily become your master if you don't let that. So no matter what stage you're in, um, you can get to to relieve yourself on that. And as Steve has said, I know, you know, you might look at me and think it's easy. Our kids are growing up now and all that, and we can afford to do this. And I've, I've been doing this forever, you know. Um, and yeah, maybe now I've got a bit more money because I save quite a lot on shampoo and that. But um, <laughs> it's it's just yeah, just do it. You know, even if it's starting small, going somewhere. Really, I mean, the relationships you form, like I've got with Spool, relationship with God. I mean, it's just just amazing. I can't uh, can't encourage you enough to to carry on like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think such a challenge for me personally is just this. Um, certainly knowledge of this war that's going on. On the one side, it's this war to just look after myself and, and take whatever resources I have for me and my family and just keep it in. And, and then there's this other war, there's this other kingdom, which God is speaking about, where is this kingdom of generosity, of giving, where it's not centered on, on myself, it's centered on this, this understanding that I should be way less selfish, way more giving to, to sow into the kingdom as opposed to sowing into myself. Um, and I think it's important for us as a community to, to understand that this war is actually going on. Um, can you talk about a little bit more about your experience of, of that war? Um, what do you think people need to do to get a better understanding of how do I focus on the kingdom of generosity versus this kingdom of selfishness and let me, let me just hold what I've got for myself? Yeah, Steve, it's definitely a, a battle. Um, and, yeah, I think it's one of the tools the enemy uses against us, you know, to create this money is everything and um, the rest is all, you know, not important. I, th- I think, you know, before I sort of touch on, on a couple of the godly principles around it, I just also want to stress how uh, how easy it is to be generous. And, it, uh, yes, I'm talking a lot about money here, and I think money, if you want to start somewhere, start there purely because it's the best place to start to release yourself from the, then the hold it can have on you. But there's many other ways. Obviously, there's time, um, there's your skills, um, 
you know, for me, the best way we can be generous, by far, I mean, there's not even anything close to this, is telling people what God's done for us, you know. Mm. Um, that, that time you spend with that person to tell them what Jesus has done is, is incredible. And then there's other ways. I know Kimba and Nat were talking about, uh, you know, this new country that we, or this new uh, government that we, we're going to enjoy. Um, I see yesterday when they swore in Ramaphosa, the, the Chief Justice Mo, Moheng Moheng, I think, is that right? Yeah. I'm not going to try. Yeah, Moheng Moheng. Um, the, the cameras captured him sort of with his arm over Sora Ramaphosa, just talking together, and then gave him a, a leather-bound Bible. And so the world has seen that. I mean, that's an incredible act of generosity from our Chief Justice to Sora Ramaphosa, and who knows what happens after that. So there's many ways to be generous. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the godly principles that we need to hang on to to fight that battle, Steve, are, are for me is the motivation of generosity. Now, generosity isn't, isn't just a Christian thing. We don't have the monopoly on it. There's many faiths that, that are generous. There's many faith, people that don't believe in, in any kind of God or, or God to, that are generous. We see that all around. Um, but what I do see, often those are off from a perhaps a duty or a legal or law standpoint or, or scientific because generosity actually has a scientific benefit. Uh, if you're generous, it actually triggers some of your endorphins um, and serotonin and it actually feels, makes you feel better. Um, but I think us as Christians, the motivation is what we've received um, and to keep reminding ourselves of that. We've been given so much, guys. I mean... We've been given a future, eternal future with our God. We've, our sins have been forgiven. All the past is gone. Whatever we do now is still forgiven. Even we keep sinning, um, still forgiven. We've been given so much. Uh, God just emptied himself to give us. So, so I think that's, for me, been, always been my motivation. And I find when I'm getting a little bit Tynosaurus Rexy arms or what was that? Maldivaca. Maldivaca. Cow. <laughs> and <laughs> ish, I remind myself of that. I remind myself of what I've got, been given from our God, you know. And uh, just opens those hands again, makes a cow <laughs> hand look more like a proper hand, you know. Opens them up and, and giving. So it's, it's really to remind myself of the motivation. And in that passage you read from 2 Corinthians 9, where, where it speaks about they're overflowing with joy and it gave way to generosity. Okay, I think that's beautiful. The only, way, the only reason I can think those churches were so joyful is that they'd heard the gospel, which they had, and be filled, filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Otherwise, why else would the poor people living there be so filled with joy? They were filled with joy. It had no other place to go to than into generosity. That joy inside them had flowed into generosity, even though they were poor. Um, so I think that's, that's where the motivation comes in. And then just another principle. I know we, we're going on a bit, but it is important to... Um, to unpack this yeah. stuff. We really feel as a, as a church that it's really important. Is, is this um, the sowing and reaping that we, um, we, we hear about? And I just want to read where it, where it comes from in the scripture. It's 2 Corinthians. Um, Must I read for you there, bud? <laughs> you hold, it over, hold it over there, Stevie. Yeah, I can see it somewhere there. <laughs> I can, actually. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 9 6. Uh, 6 verse 9. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Um, <laughs> thank you. I think the last time I was up here, I was doing this all the time and distracting everyone, so that was hopefully better. Um, so that principle, I know it's, it's kind of been misunderstood and, and misused, if I can say that, in the church where 
perhaps people feel God's this kind of giant ATM that you put money in and get more out. Um, but, you know, for, for me, that, that, that principle of sowing and reaping, I mean, I've done it. It comes from where the motivation of the sowing comes from. Um, so if you're sowing from that motivation of, of gratitude for God and sowing in, the reaping, guys, I mean, I've, I'm an example. My, yeah, successful businesses, beautiful, wonderful family. I mean, we've, we're really reaping and being able to just give more, you know. So um, that, that, that sowing and reaping is, is, please don't mistake it for a wealth kind of prosperity gospel, which a lot of people have. Um, at Olive Tree, we really we don't push that in any way, and we never will. Um, but please understand, it's a biblical principle. If you sow generously, you reap generously. Um, and, and yes, be, be intentional and clever about it. I remember back in the day, I was a farm and a dairy. My first real job was a dairy farm manager, and I kind of planted this field with ryegrass, and you know, and I hadn't done any research. I sowed generously what I thought, you know, there's lots and lots of seed. Um, it's beautiful ryegrass grew, and I thought I was so clever. And the cows ate it once and never grew again. You know, it was that was it killed the field, and you know, so it's it's a principle. Yeah, to, you've got to get it right, do it the right motivation, pray into it, um, all of that. But sowing and reaping, very important uh, biblical principle. And the sooner you know you start that in your journey, um, and you know, Carl and Rob and guys like that. I mean, that's a beautiful story. I mean, the guys are battling. You know, business not going well, and. What you guys have done for up in Wangu, man. Oh, I just want to say well done, eh? Beautiful. Well done, yeah, beautiful. Thank you, Davey. I think um, for us as a church, we, and in this community, I just want to reiterate that we want to, from my perspective, from our perspective, I believe that we want to be a church that's known for its giving as opposed to be known as a church that's stingy. But I, again, I want to reiterate that that has to start from a space of as an individual I'm generous because we are made up of individuals in this family of, of the body. And so there's just a few things I want to share just quickly. And the first, again, is, is just an understanding of the gift. So reiterate what Dave said, that it's the joyfulness, the giving, the generosity is only possible as an outworking of what we have received, and it's this radical, gracious gift of Jesus himself, mm. and the, etern- the eternal life spent with him. And the second thing is just a text um, I've been struck with lately that's quite, um, I know in this grace, prosperity, gospel thing, it's, 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 um, it's quite pointed, but it's from James 2, 14 to 18, and it said, what good, good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds." Again, that's quite pointed, but the reality is that we should be a community that is known for our giving by what we do, by our deeds, our faith and our joy, artworks and and, and deeds and enjoy. So our heart for a community and my heart for you certainly is that we're known as something, we're known as a church that is faithfully giving. It's contribution at all levels. There's, there's incredible ladies up front that are known for what they're sowing and investing in at Bloom. And Bloom is a safe, wonderful space that's growing, that's thriving. Yesterday we had such a, a good day at Bloom um, raising funds for it. Um, 
There's sports clubs, there's businesses, there's obviously Wangi, which we've spoken about a lot. At, um, and being known as a church, that's impossible, that it is impossible to deny our faith because of our deeds. Mm. And then the, 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 the last thing I think that I wanted to say in this is that generosity, often we think about giving or generosity as only being wealth or money-based. So what David and I wanted to unpack a little bit was that giving is not simply around you know, monetary exchange. There's so many aspects of us and um, aspects of our body's ability to give. And one, in 1 Corinthians 12, um, God sets out the importance of the different parts of the body contributing under Jesus as the head. But the same principle goes with generosity. There's the opportunity for us to give generously with our time, mm with our love, with our service, with our prayer, um, with our mentoring, um, with listening. Some of you may be really good listeners, and it can seriously make a big difference. With our patience, with our understanding, with our wisdom. I think as a, as a community, as a people, we don't share our wisdom nearly well enough. And then lastly, with our money. So... David, do you have anything to add on that? Just how the different parts of the body need to come together under Jesus as the head and give with what you got. Yeah, Steve, that's very good because often when we have these money talks, and we don't have them often, uh, uh, you know, there's a bit of squirming in that. You guys have done quite well. The squirming is only just starting now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's not a, please, it's not a guilt trip thing that we're laying on you. It, it really is release. It's, it's a freedom. Um, and there's so many ways to, to do that. You know, there's, as Steve said, those are all beautiful ways. And, and sometimes, yes, just listening. Just spending an hour with someone that just needs to unpack and download and maybe they're grieving. Um, that's, that's an incredible act of generosity, you know. Um, yeah, so Steve, I think you've, you've kind of painted a picture of how you want that to look like in this house. You know, is there anything else or that you, you think um, is, is perhaps a need? Yeah, I think I've one of the... I've got one, so I just want to okay. see if you've got I'll some. I'll go first. Um, I think one of the needs that we re- we're really excited about, especially in this se- season of vision casting, is what can we give in terms of this house physically to enable it to be a, a place of... Um, of more life. And so we spoke about what can we do to, you know, the various areas in here that maybe have been overlooked from a maintenance perspective for a while because of the cash that we've got available. But it could unlock so much more. It could unlock, you know, having weddings in this house, having events, having a party, being able to use the rooms next to us, uh, next to us here for creches during the week. How does this house become a space where there's more life? And so that's something that we, we as a community are really excited for. And if it's something that you would like to partake or participate, participate in, we'd love to give you the opportunity to, to do so. So it's making a hub of life on this campus, not only on Sunday, but during the week, which we believe the church is really about. Amen. Yeah, so there's some awesome calls. And, and guys, one last thing about generosity before I make an ask is that it's contagious. It's wonderfully infectious. It's kind of like measles, you know, um, <laughs> without the bad results. I mean, hey, so you'll find the more you do it, the more you hang around with people. And like, uh, Britt's really one of her best friends. Kylie's here. Her dad, Chris Toy, is one of the most generous people I know and, the, and his friends. And, I mean, you hang around with those guys and you just can't help being generous in, in whatever way you can, uh, not, just, not just monetary. So, yeah, um, hang around with generous people. Be generous. It, it kind of... Catch the bug, you know. It's quite a nice, yeah. yeah, It's a nice, 
No, still disease to have, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, then, yeah, just uh, I've got to know, Stephen. It's awesome yeah. to see. Them. I mean, this each, each time we come up here, it's just ah, there's just more life here. It's beautiful, and there's kids. Wow, word, you're making, you're growing the church here. <laughs> Never seen so many children, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got to ask, and, and guys, we we don't normally do this in olive tree. In fact, I don't think we've ever done it. But we're breaking a few rules today with uh, Nat's um, asking for testimony. I think that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's a couple, um, as Steve has said, I've been on eldership for long, quite a long time, both at Kloof and Oversight, and I've seen a lot of sacrifice. Wow, I've seen a lot of people sacrifice for Olive Tree, um, and by extension into, uh, into the rest of the body of Christ, you know, huge sacrifice. But there's a couple that's been on, on my heart for a long time, uh, a couple that, that really have sacrificed um, to, to, to Olive Tree, um, and the fruit's been amazing. So, yeah, I, I prayed about it this week, and I really felt God wants me to do an ask for them. And again, it's not normally we do this. It's normally a one-on-one, but I thought driving from here to Kloof, you know, 20 times is much easier than ask from the stage, you know. Um, yeah, they, they've probably got emails from going to your toll gate and whatever, <laughs> like so many times they've had to, I've lost times how many times they had to move and schools and everything. But, yeah, Nats and Shell, I mean, they... I mean, I, I can't say enough about them. Um, so I'm going to start something, and then please, absolutely no pressure. I, I'm going to do it, and I'd love you to join me with, with, with blessing them with some, just to, yeah, you know, they've had some financial strains because of what they've had to do, and I can understand. I'm surprised they've done what they've done, you know. And um, they're going to get cross with me because this is totally a surprise for them, so um, they're going to probably throw something at me. But, um, yeah, I'm going to do it. I've got some little slips here with the details, the bank details, whatever you want to do. So please take them. If there's someone that's not here that you felt uh, has had the same motivation and like to be one of my best ambassadors on this, please take the slip. It's got the details in there. Um, and let's just, ah, just bless them. I'm going to join me on it. I'd love if, if you can. Um, so, yeah, before Nets or Shell throws a chair yeah. at me. We better um, get off quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to pray for us and, and then we can go. If you don't mind standing. Thank you. Father God, I just yeah, I thank you that you've uh, you've got a heart of generosity, and you want our hearts to be the same. You always long for our hearts to align with yours, and this is one area where yeah, where we can, and where it's so beautiful where we can. So I'd ask in this church that you just release shackles, that you wherever it looks like the economy is bad, that it's you know that's a different, that's a worldly economy. Yours is different, Father. That uh, we thank you that we've got the skill. We are in abundance. We're in abundance with lots of things, with our skills, with our time, with our money. And I ask you just to release people into that to give, Father. I also like to pray for the leaders of the church um, as, as the church grows, as, as the needs grow for the elders. And, and yeah, I'd just like you just to give them courage, Father. And then, um, yeah, Jesus, I just uh, pray for Nets and Shell. I just thank you for the people that they are and for all that they've done into this community, Lord Jesus. And I just thank you for all that you've done for us. You've given us your son, and we just love him and we accept him. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Coffee Thank you and so much, fun. Davey. I know Nats wants to share quickly something um, after all of that. <laughs> Davy, thank you so um, much. It was a privilege. Thanks, and not thanks, Dave. <laughs> um, I wanted to come up to tell you where to be generous with your money, so I'm still going to do that. Okay, um, Dave, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate your heart, but I really want you all to know that it was a complete shock for us. Um, 
I just, I just wanted to tell you about these beautiful teachers up at Wangu. You can take a seat for a minute. Um, the one teacher in particular, her name is Cindy. Now, Cindy and Tingiwe, Tingiwe, they are there every day of the week, pouring into those kids' lives, and they don't earn a salary. And um, I just said to Cindy at one point, like, you are doing the most incredible job here with these children. And she just started crying, and she said, I love them so much. And um, she's actually... Uh, even trying to study. She's trying to do a course um, with an organization called Tree to, to make herself better at what she can give to the children. And she's getting nothing for it. And so I actually wanted to say, if it's on your heart, to please come and chat to myself um, or Candy about a way that you could give to those teachers. Just as an over and above, if there's something on your heart, um, as, I'm, as I'm sharing this, these ladies are pouring out, and, and we don't ever want them to leave those kids because they actually had to get money for their own families. We'd love to know that we as a community could get behind and support, uh, support uh, Cindy and Tenjiwe. So, I mean, even like the, the smallest amount, if we were all giving a small amount, these ladies could be going home with a salary. So I do want you to consider that. Um, and if you literally can't give financially, if you have any skill, um, or if you just want to go and sit and encourage them and pray with them, any time that we're going up to that, like we said, it's not just necessary a monetary giving. Um, and then um, this is the really disgusting part of the service, the sad part of the service. I'm sorry, I know it's been a little bit over time today, but this is so important. Um, if Candy can go and call Wes, and I'd just like to invite up Mari and Mervyn and Wes and Mel. We need to say goodbye to these beautiful people. Um, come, please. Mervyn, I've got the mark. You have to come. Mel, sorry, I know Mel's already... She needs a rowboat to get up here because she's already crying. Um, but we just really want to just take a moment to honour and, and send these people off beautifully. The funniest thing is that Mervyn, when I said, we want to pray you out, he said, you can't pray me out. I've never been a part of this community <laughs> because he's a rebel. Um, he, do, he doesn't do things the way other people do. So, you know, he runs by his own rules, which is what we've loved about you. Come, you guys. Yeah. I'd <laughs> also just love um, a couple of us, we're going to pray. So like Kim Spazi, Jess, Steve-O, Hubby, so, Mari and Mervyn, we, when, when we arrived in the church, they were here, and they have been like a mom and dad to us. They have been incredible. And the worst part about them going is that they'll practically make Sheldon the oldest person left in the church <laughs> when they go. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, there's one or two. <laughs> um, but... Maureen, Mervyn, we love you. Um, Mervyn, you've been such a, a source of strength with your prayers and your words of knowledge and how you've encouraged us and chirped us and kept us all on our toes. And we get a little synopsis of how poorly we did or how well we did after every message. Um, but we just... We love you, Mervyn and Mari. These guys are going off to Dubai for two years. So they will be popping in to visit us, but they're going to be there for two years. And we're going to miss them terribly, but they're going to come back. Um, and they're not selling their house, they're keeping their house. And um, Mari, you've just been such, such wind in my sails. I'm going to miss you terribly, terribly. Um, Mari also sends me the most dodgy stuff on WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> she's great, I love her. Um, and let me just come around here to you guys. This family exploded into our lives in January. And I don't think I've ever seen a family come in and become such a part of the fabric as fast as this bunch. Um, they, they have just 
completely knits it into our hearts, and they have engaged in every way that they can in the life of the church. And, and they're going off to England now, because Wes has been offered a phenomenal job there. And um, it's a season in God. They've prayed about it. And we want to get behind them and support them in this. But we gutted also to see you guys going. You kids are rock stars. Uh, Mel um, homeschools them. And I swear these two know more than most of you. I think they're like at varsity level, the way she's been educating them. Um, I'm actually careful how I talk around them because I think they think I'm stupid. Um, But they're probably right anyway. (laughs) But... um, yeah, guys, I also want any of you who have any kind of word as I pray. Yeah, um, just this morning I just had an, uh, uh, I feel like I have an encouragement for you, the two of you especially. Um, I've been listening to the song called Stand in Your Love this whole week, and it's really like, um, it's really a kiff song. I've really enjoyed listening to it, listening to the words, and I felt like God said to me I needed to read some of these words over your lives um, over this, for this next season, and some of the words in the song are, I am not a captive of the lies. I am not afraid to leave my past behind. Oh, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Because my fear does not stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear does not stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear does not stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, I am standing. And my encouragement is you're probably going to go through a season. Maybe there might be some hard times being in a new country but just continue to stand in his love and your fear will over, be overridden by that. Um, I just want to speak back over you guys. Um, the first day that you guys were in church, I just saw this incredible anointing and calling over you as a couple. And um, as I've gotten to know your children, I can just see that yeah, you guys, God's been able to give me this um, view of what's ahead of you. And I feel like this is a season as you're stepping into a new country, you're stepping into a new season of spirituality because you are called to greater. You're called to impact and influence as a family and you are hope bringers. So I feel like God is sending you off with a mandate to to walk with more authority and more power than what you have in the season before. So he has positioned you in this country. We do not know why, <laughs> but it is for a greater thing that... Um, yeah, God is sending you there, not just to to do and be a part of a community, but to change a community. Anyone else? Okay, if you're comfortable, please, won't you just extend your hands? We just want to pray for these guys and send them off with all our love and blessing. Jesus, I just want to thank you for Mervyn and Mari. I just want to thank you for how Mervyn has gotten behind us in so many ways, but with his prayers and his words and... Um, and his rebel attitude, which has still served us. God, we thank you, and we're just excited for um, the fact that he is not a man of one nation or one city or one place, that his prayers go where you direct him. And so, God, even even it's a foolish thing to say, Mervyn, please pray for us, because he only prays is directed by you. And so I know that even though they will be in a different country, um, God, you will always direct them towards us when that is needed. And I just thank you for who he's been in our midst. And, um, and I, I pray that you would place him in an incredible spiritual family over there, where he can add there. And Lord, I just pray for friends for Mari in Dubai. She is such a friend to us here, and she just loves us all so much. And she's been like a granny to all of us, all of our kids. Sorry, you, you're too young for that. Sorry. Um, a granny to our kids. And 
God, I thank you that we got to celebrate their wedding at the beginning of the year. Um, what an absolute celebration that was for us as a family. But I just know that Mari needs friends, and I ask God that you would have friends ready and waiting for her, that she would have so much laughter, um, that she would honestly feel like she's more blessed there than she was here, and yet be so excited to come back here. So won't you please do that for them? Thank you, Jesus. And I just want to lift up this incredible family to you, God. I thank you for Wes and Mel and um, for their their crazy spirit to just go where you call them, God. And thank you that they have been traveling around this country for well over a year, just um, seeking you in different spaces and places and taking their kids on such an incredible adventure. We thank you for these beautiful children who we know are so called to impact the world around them. We thank you for parents who are shaping such exciting destinies. And God, we ask also that you would just send them into the right areas, the right schools, the right... We pray that they will find a spiritual family that will make this look like it was just nothing compared to what you will place them in, God, because we know that they are so sad to leave here. But you will place them in a spiritual family where they will continue to grow. And we do speak those words that, God, your love would drive out all fear in their lives in everything that they go into. Thank you for how they've blessed this, this community. God, take them into a community where they can bless again and be blessed. Thank you, Jesus, for these people. We love them, and we just commend them to you and ask you to open the way for them and give them favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen guys. Why don't you give them all a hand, please?